Tonight we are kicking off a new series called Voices. Um, So if you got your Bibles, go ahead and jump in to chapter 3 of the book of John. And so in this Voices series, we're going to go through the book of John, and we're going to look at the voice of Jesus versus some of the voices of of the world, and if we're really listening to the voice of Jesus. Um, while you're opening up, I, um, over the last, like, a couple weeks ago, I was having a conversation um, with a friend of mine, and she was telling me some different things about English. Who in here likes English? Like, class, English class? Very few of us. Okay, I'm right there with you. Um, my mom's in the back, so I'm so sorry, Mom. You're about to break your heart. Um, so I just don't really like English. I'm not good at it. It's never been my thing. And so my friend here is just, like, saying all these different things about, like, adjectives and this superl- superlative and, like, these different things. And I was just like, I was not picking up what she was putting down. You get what I'm saying? Has anyone had that moment where, like, someone's saying something and you're like, I, I just don't get it. And then they try to say it a different way and you're like, I still don't get it. And they try to say it a different way and it's just like, it's all good. But it wasn't because I hadn't learned those things. Like, I had learned some of those things, but I just didn't care, right? Have we all ever been there of, like, someone's sharing something, and you're just like, I just don't care. Um, We're going to look tonight at um, a guy who Jesus was saying some things, and he just wasn't picking up what Jesus was putting down right? I was talking to a couple girls, and they were like, yeah, I, that's all the time when the boys are talking about sports, and I'm just like, I, I don't get it, <laughs> you know? I hear you. I hear you. But hey, we're going to look at um, chapter three in the book of John, and we're going to do a little different. I'm just going to kind of share the story with y'all, a little story time. Is that cool? Love stories. I love it. Um, but in chapter 3, um, the, whole, the whole book of John is about the identity and the person of Jesus, right? We just studied Matthew, and it was all about what Jesus did. But now we're going to look at who Jesus is and the voice that he speaks to us. And so the first couple of chapters, we see that Jesus is the Word, right? He's the Word who became flesh, and he came to earth and dwelled among us and was light to us, right, to bring salvation. And that's all declared in chapter 1. And then we get to chapter 3, and Jesus had just done some miracles, and um, he kind of revealed that, okay, this guy is different. And this is where someone comes on the scene named Nicodemus. Have any of y'all seen The Chosen, that that TV show? Yeah, okay. All right, we got some fans of The Chosen. All right, so isn't Nicodemus a big part of that? Right? Okay, so I want, I want you to think about this is Nicodemus. This is who we're talking about. And so Nicodemus, he comes on the scene, and he comes up to Jesus at night. We're going to come back to that. So he comes at night, and he comes in to him, and he begins to share some things. But who is Nicodemus? Does anyone know? Yell it out. He's a Pharisee. Okay, so Nicodemus is a Pharisee, right? He's a religious ruler. All right, he's taught the law. He's like kind of a big deal in the Jewish world, okay? And so the fact that he's coming to Jesus is a big deal. And so he comes to Jesus at night, and he comes to him, and he just says a couple of statements. And he says, hey, I see that you are a rabbi. He calls him rabbi, which means teacher. You are a great teacher, right? God must be within you. 
And then he says, hey, I've seen you do many signs, right? The Lord is with you. And so he says these couple of statements about Jesus. And then Jesus, like, <laughs> he just doesn't even respond to it. Like, if someone says those things about usually we're like, yeah, I know, right? But Jesus isn't like that. He just goes straight to the point. And he says, Nicodemus, he says, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. He just goes straight to it. You must be born again to see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, he's like, really confused. He's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I must be born again? Like, I can't, I'm an older guy. Like, I can't get back in my mother's womb. That would be weird, right? Valid point. Like, we can't, that can't happen. And so he's really confused. And then Jesus responds and he says, truly, truly, Nicodemus, you must be born, born, keyword there, of water and spirit. And he goes on to say, hey, you don't, don't get hung up on not fully grasping this. It's kind of like wind, right? We can't see wind, but we can feel it. And that's what he says in verse 8. And then Nicodemus finishes, and he's like, all right, Jesus, like, I still don't understand what you're saying. Like, how can this be true? And he's not, so he's not picking up what he's putting down. He's like, I still don't get it. And this is where Jesus stops. And he's so kind in this. But he looks at, he looks at Nicodemus and he's like, he's not rude in this, but he says, aren't you the ruler of the law? Like, don't you teach what I'm saying right here? Like, you study the Old Testament. You have devoted your life to this but you still don't understand. Like, he's like, how can I tell you more things? And he says that later on in verse, I think, 10. And he says, I cannot tell you more heavenly things until you understand this key truth. You must be born again. And then at the end of the passage, he makes some key statements. And he says, the son of man, right, must be lifted up. And those who believe in him will have eternal life. So I want us to dive into that tonight. So number one, if you're taking points, tonight we're going to talk about the voice of salvation. And so the voice of salvation shows our guilt before Jesus. All right, I want you to write that down if you have notes. The voice of salvation shows our guilt before Jesus. Right, so we see who Nicodemus really is, right? He's a Pharisee. He's this great religious ruler, and he's really coming after Jesus, just curious, right? He was seeking more religion, right? He just wanted to add a kind of another gold star to his religion. And when Jesus says that he must be born again, he's basically telling Nicodemus this. He said, hey, you are dead. You are lost. You need life, right? Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned, fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of your sin is death. Right, Ephesians 2.1 says, and we were dead in our trespasses, in our sins. And so this is what Jesus is telling Nicodemus. When he says, hey, you must be born again, he said, hey, you're dead and you need life. Right, your sin is causing you to be dead. You are spiritually dead and ultimately heading towards being eternally dead. And so Nicodemus was this great religious guy, but he was blind to his sin. He was blind to 
right? That it wasn't just about putting on more religion, right? He had guilt before Jesus. He had guilt before the Lord. And that's the same for us today. How many of y'all have ever flown somewhere before? Okay, quite a few of y'all. So you get to the airport and you're probably rushed. You get to check in and then you get to the dreaded security line, right? You know what I'm talking about? You get to the security line and you're waiting in line forever. And you're like, I hope we don't miss our flight. Or some of y'all may be like, hey, I get there four hours early and I'm good. <laughs> um, but you get in line, right? And you have your backpack and you're trying to you know, fit it in this thing and it doesn't fit. And you're like, do I need to take off my watch? Do I have to keep that on? And you, know, you have to take off your shoes and you're putting everything in there, right? And then, then you step up, right? And you have to step into that machine and do this weird like, pose like this, you know what I'm saying? And then it goes around, and you make sure everything is out, and then it beeps. And you're like, I'm fine. What's wrong, right? And you step out, and the lady has her wand. She's like, I'm sorry, but we got to do this. And so she wands you down, and it starts beeping, like beep, 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 beep. You know, and you pull out, and like, you like reach in your pocket, and your keys are right there. Right? I know for y'all, you don't have keys, but maybe your phone or something is right there, and you're like, I had no idea that was there. I thought I was good. But what could they see? Right? They could see straight through you. That there is something that you that was in you that was wrong. Right? Those keys were not supposed to be there. And that is what Nicodemus is saying to Jesus. He said, "Hey, you think you're good? You think you can just walk through? But you have sin in your heart. You are physically dead and you need help." And so that's what we see about Nicodemus. Right, that he came to Jesus thinking he needed more religion. Right, a new task list, a New Year's resolution, something of like, hey, I want to be better at being religious. But he was so blind to the fact that he needed a new life. Right, he needed Jesus alone. And so Nicodemus here, he was looking to just get eternal security in the Lord. And he didn't need more things to do. And we're going to look at the fact that Nicodemus needed Jesus. And so that's point number two. Is the voice of salvation shows our need for Jesus. Remember that I said that Nicodemus came to Jesus when? Look in chapter 3. At night, okay? So he came to Jesus at night. And what was significant about this is the people who came to Jesus had a need, right? They were, they were lepers or they were someone who needed healing, right? They were the sinners and they're the ones who came to Jesus and he began to heal them and do all these miracles. And Nicodemus is like, I don't have a need. I'm just kind of curious. And so he goes to him at night, probably because he doesn't want to be seen by anyone and with Jesus. And he doesn't want to be seen as needy, which what did we just learn about him? He had a need. Right? All of us, all of us are born, right, with a sinful heart. Right? We're naturally born like that. And so when Nicodemus thinks he's good, he's missing it. Titus 3, 5 says this. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal 
of the Holy Spirit. Right? So that's what he was saying in verse 5 and 6 of chapter 3. Right? He's saying, you must be born by water and spirit. Right? And what is born of the flesh is flesh, and what is born of the spirit is spirit. And Nicodemus is not picking this up, and I know it's confusing, but I want us to look at Ezekiel 36, verse 25 through 27. There's a key truth here that goes to John. It says, I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you shall be clean. From all your uncleanliness and from all your idols, I will cleanse you, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And so what what we see here in the Old Testament, right, is that they had a heart of stone. Okay? That, that is what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus. He's saying, hey, you must be born again because your heart is stone, right? You have a dead heart. And this heart, it cannot receive truth, right? If I throw things at this, at this rock, it's going to fall off. And he's not saying that Nicodemus is literally like walking around with a four-pound rock, right? A four-pound stone in his heart. What he's saying is, Hey, you have a hard heart towards the gospel. You have a hard heart towards these truths, right? And it's not until what we see here is the work of the Holy Spirit. So the need that Nicodemus had was that the Holy Spirit had to come in and remove his heart of of stone and give him a heart of flesh. And that was not something Nicodemus could do on his own. How many of y'all like slime? Some of y'all, okay. Slime used to be a big deal, right? Slime used to be a big deal, and I kind of faded out, but I'm bringing it back. Um, so I want y'all to think of this as your heart, okay? I wasn't about to bring a heart out here. But there's a difference, right? I can't even hold this. There's a difference between these two things, right? One is hard, and one, right, is soft in a way. And what Jesus is saying here to Nicodemus is, hey, you have to let the spirit come inside of you and remove your heart of stone because you cannot receive the gospel. But when the spirit gives you a brand new heart, right, it is now soft, right? And in this, right, we can form this. You can mix things into us that will stick. Ultimately, the spirit can mold us right now to look like Jesus, Right? When you come to the mix or church or you're reading something, right, and your heart, your heart is hard, it doesn't come in, right? You just sit there of like, why am I here? But when the when the Holy Spirit comes in and gives you a new heart, right, you're now able to receive the word. Right? When you're reading something in scripture, you're able to receive that. You're able to be molded and look like Jesus. And that is a work of the Spirit inside of you. And so Nicodemus, he has to understand that godly truths will never sink in. All this religion will never sink in until the Lord changes his heart. 
right? The Spirit had to come in and do that. And Jesus is telling him, right, he can't go any farther. He says that later. He says, I can't tell you anything else until you understand and you see your need for the gospel. You see your need for a new heart. So we see these two things for Nicodemus, right? It's clear before him. He has guilt before the Lord, right? He is lost. He is dead in his sin, right? And then Jesus says, hey, you need the work of the Spirit. This is not something that you can do on your own. And then we get to our last point here where we're going to finish. And we see that the voice of salvation, right, the voice of salvation shows our life in Jesus. Did you write that down? The voice of salvation shows our life in Jesus. Right, in verses 14 through 15 of John, it says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent, In the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. Jesus changed the way a little bit he was talking to Nicodemus. And he, he clearly says, hey, this whole change that I've been talking about, this new life that I'm saying that you need, hey, it is all done through me. It is all done through what I'm about to do on the cross for you. Right, the one who can actually bring about this change that he's been teaching about is Jesus. Right, a couple of verses later in John 3.16, we know this verse. It says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. John 14.6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. John 20, 31 says, but these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Last one, John 1, 12, 13 says, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of will, nor of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God, right? And so Jesus, Jesus tells us, hey, this, this life, it's in me, right? The life that the Spirit gives is Jesus. That is the hope, right? He gives us a new life, and that is all through the power and the work of Jesus on the cross, right? So Nicodemus, he had to see, and we have to see, that we have guilt and that we are lost in our sin. We have to see that we have a need that we cannot meet. That is through Jesus alone. And that is through the work of the Spirit, removing our our hard heart and giving us a soft heart. And from that, Jesus says, I will give you life. Because later in John, what does he say? He says, I am the resurrection and the life. What did Jesus do? He came to earth. He lived a perfect life. He who knew no sin became sin. Right? Jesus became sin for us. He went to the cross and he took on all of our sin 
and he died and was buried. But then three days later, he rose again. And then he offers us eternal life, right? And so he took that payment for us. So we have to understand, he took that payment for us and now he's able to offer life because he conquered death. That death that we had, that Nicodemus had. And that's what he's saying is, hey, I have life to give you. And so in that, guys, we have to understand for us that we can accept this life, but there's no life in ourselves. There's no life in this world without accepting and believing in Jesus. That's what he says at the end of the chapter. He who believes in him will have eternal life. For us, it doesn't matter, like Nicodemus, how many times, it doesn't matter how many times we come to church. It doesn't matter how many Bible studies we do. It doesn't matter how many Catalyst weekends we go to. If the Lord has not changed our heart, and our heart is hard, if we have not responded to the voice of salvation, those things will not sink in. It has to be a work of the Lord inside of that. And that is what Jesus is offering Nicodemus and sharing with him. I want to finish by telling y'all a story in the Old Testament, in Numbers. And in this story, um, the Israelites, right, they did a lot of complaining, right? We read that all throughout the Old Testament. And they're complaining again and had sinned against the Lord. And the Lord poured out his wrath on them. And he sent all of these serpents, right, snakes. Anyone like snakes in here? Because I sure don't. Um, a few of y'all. Right, he sent all of these serpents, and they were biting the Israelites, and they were dying. And so Moses pleads, and he begs God to have mercy on them, to save them. And the Lord, in his abounding love and steadfast mercy to us, right? He tells Moses to make a bronze serpent and stick it in the middle of the camp. And he says, whoever looks on that serpent will be saved, right? And that serpent, that is a picture of Jesus right here in John. It says, and as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him has eternal life. And so for us, we have to see that God did not take away those serpents for the Israelites. They were still biting them. But what they had to do was respond by looking to the serpent statue, which was a picture of the Lord. They had to turn, they had the poison of the serpent inside of them, and they were dying. And they had to turn and look towards the Lord. And this is what Jesus is saying right here. For us, we have to see that we have that poison inside of us, which is sin. And we have to respond, right? He says it's very clear. You have to believe you have to see your need, and then you have to believe that 
only life comes when you look to Jesus. Only life comes when you repent and you believe who Jesus is and you receive him into your life. It's as simple as that as it was for the Israelites, that they had to look to Jesus. And that is our response as well. And so are we going to be like Nicodemus, who just doesn't get it at first, who thinks, you know, I'm religious. I've got it all together. But, but he was missing the need that he had. So I want to ask y'all, how are you going to respond to the voice of salvation? Because the only response that Jesus gives, like I just said, is to believe.